Welcome to the Jack Duff Lee Show, a weekly podcast exploring investing, real estate, the markets, law, technology, and everything in between. Here's your host, Jack Duff Lee. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. Good to have you here with me today. Got a good episode planned today. Before we get into that, just want to go over a couple things. As always, be sure to leave a review on iTunes and Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. The more five-star reviews that the show can accumulate, the more people will be exposed to the show and all the great guests and content that come out of it. I always try to make sure that the content's good. If you don't like it, I'd prefer if you... Give me your honest feedback before leaving a nasty review. That would be great. And then if I still don't respond to your feedback, go ahead and leave a nasty review. But if you have a positive review, I plead that you please leave it on iTunes ASAP since that will help a lot. Similarly, be sure to subscribe and like on YouTube if you're watching it there on whatever platform you happen to be listening to this show from. And also, there's still time to join my early readers list for the One Property Retirement book that I will be publishing the end of August. That book's about a simple strategy for building wealth through real estate and specifically building a retirement nest egg through real estate. And it is a very simple approach to real estate investing. I, I think it's ideal for those who are just trying to get started with real estate investing or maybe aren't even sure how the fundamentals of real estate investing work and want to learn a, bit, a little bit more about it there. The book's great for that. I need your feedback though before I actually end up publishing it. And if you want a free copy of the final version of the book. If you join my early readers list and actually give me some feedback on the current draft right now, that will be incorporated into the final draft. And as a thank you, you'll get a final version of the book sent to you. So you'll get that free of charge. And that would be very meaningful for me. And I would really appreciate it. The more feedback I can get right now, the better that this end product can be and the better that it can be tailored to those who would actually be reading it. For more information, check out jackduffley.com slash OPR book. Again, that's jackduffley.com slash OPR book. Without further ado, let's get into today's show. With me today is Casey Burns, a personal finance YouTuber whose channel really goes over a variety of topics, not just limited to personal finance, but really going into mindsets and how to create not only a better life for yourself, but to take knowledge from your experiences and to try and move forward in whatever it is you happen to be doing. This channel just reached about 3,000 subscribers, so congrats on that, Casey. But anyways, if you just wanted to let us know a little bit more about yourself and what you're doing right now. Yeah, of course. So yes, definitely, I feel like the channel has slowly become a little bit more about life fulfillment in general with a strong tilt towards uh, personal finance. So I like to talk about what's going on in the world in general and uh, just generally speaking, how I'm trying to march myself, you know, towards that fulfillment. um, Like I said, with a strong tilt towards personal finance. So recently we've talked about things that are going on, you know, as far as equality and um, just, just in general mindset, things that are going to get you that, that positive return on, you know, just your time spent listening to the videos or time spent reading books or time spent doing, anything. There's so many ways to get a positive return out of life besides just, uh, you know, investing into a stock. Like that's, that's very one dimensional, very, you know, niche down. And I don't, I don't really consider myself a niche down, uh, personality. So we talk about it all and it's, it's, it's definitely attracted an audience that wants to talk about those things. So one thing that I am glad that I've done is, is not completely niche down because 
it's, it's more reflective of who I am as a person, uh, what we talk about on the channel and the people that are attracted into, you know, my channel are, are, you know, not, not to create like this echo chamber, but they are people that want to hear what I have to say. So I've appreciated not being super niche down, but anyways, that's kind of a little background on me. Yeah. And I mean, you call your YouTube channel, you've said it yourself, you call it more of a uh, forum for discussion rather than a, you know, niche down personal finance YouTube channel. And I think it's great because you give a lot of well researched or at least well thought out at the least uh, whenever you're talking about whatever the issue of the day happens to be, whether that happens to be a financial topic or if it happens to be a more maybe contentious issue like racial equality. And we've certainly seen a lot of that brought to the forefront in recent months. But anyways, Casey, I wanted to talk a little bit more about your upbringing and and then the beginning of your career and how that kind of shaped you into the person that you are now and kind of what lessons you learned along your early life and how you're using that in today's life. Yeah. So upbringing, I came from uh, two parents that um, I don't know, I, you know, I, I like to consult with them before we get into, you know, too much of like, like I, I divulge anything about myself, but they came from, you know, basically kind of rough backgrounds. Uh, they were from the hood, if, if, if you will. And um, yeah, so they, they, they came from rough backgrounds and basically my, my story was a story of seeing them come from a very, you know, poor background and seeing them, you know, climb very high in life. So that was kind of like my, my paradigm for like what people do, you know, like this, this is the only adults that I really experienced throughout my entire childhood was, was those people that started, you know, from the bottom and, and climbed to wealth. So they, one of them, my, my mom was, uh, ran track and, and did the whole college thing. My dad was in the army and, uh, did the army thing. So they, when they had the kid, uh, I just did both of those things. And, uh, yeah, went out to the university of Washington, uh, ran track out there, did ROTC. So now I'm in the uh, military and also, working in the medical profession, doing COVID tests, which if you ever want to see a uh, leading indicator of how many COVID tests are going positive, just look at how stressed I look at on, on the channel and uh, you'll know how bad the COVID situation is getting. And uh, pretty bad last night. I just got in from work. So it's, yeah. It's, it's yeah. Going up. Yeah. We had to, we had to move the, uh, we had to move the podcast a little bit because of that, that coming up yeah. because obviously that takes, that takes uh, the forefront for the most, pressing issue that the whole world is facing. So uh, hats off to you, Casey, for all, all the work you and I'm sure that your whole team are doing and mm -hmm. working through this pandemic. But before we get into that, I'd like to go a little bit back to your experience with the military. Um, you said that you come from a military family. Was that always a goal of yours or was it more of a decision as you reached college, you thought, hey, maybe I don't know what to do or was that something you always wanted to do? So it was, for me, it was a, it was, it was something that I always wanted to not do. It's, it's kind of <laughs> funny to, that you say that, like, which, which is weird. Like just my whole mindset has shifted around like that decision. Like it was always something that I actively wanted to avoid doing. But in my mind, like when I was coming up, I always thought like the deepest thought in my head was if you don't go to college, you will not be financially successful. And I was like, okay, well, how, how am I going to pay for college? And I was like, okay, there's, there's scholarships and there's, you know, academic scholarships and there's this military thing. And I was like, okay, well, I know I'm athletic. I know I can like handle a lot of crap basically. So I was like, okay, I'll go, I'll go through the military. So it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily like this big romance, like 
me watching GI Joe as a kid type of story, which there were those kids in ROTC and I just, you know, like I couldn't, couldn't really identify with them. Um, but I have come to appreciate it a lot more. I feel like it's made me, uh, through enlistment and through like the officer programs that I've been through, I feel like it's made me tougher than the average, uh, average Joe out there, average civilian. But, uh, I have come to appreciate that and also, uh, the track that I ran in college. So you kind of were juggling a lot then through your college years. And uh, my understanding, at least what you've talked about on the channel, is you came out of school with a lot of debt, even though mm -hmm. the military, I'm sure, covers a large portion of that. Um, how did you kind of sort out all the finances of college in juggling lots of different activities? Um, so basically, the uh, the military it was about four or 5000 between four and five thousand uh, dollars a quarter, so it's like fifteen. Uh, if you could just average it, about fifteen hundred dollars uh, per per month that they paid me. So it was a decent amount of money for for a college student. Um, but on top of that, I still uh, just given the the cost of living in the Seattle area and also the cost of tuition, I still ended up incurring uh, some debt. So it, they did pay for some of my tuition, but I also did pay for some of it with uh, debt. So can I ask how much debt you accumulated out of school? Yeah, it was about 37 K, uh, for school debt. So yeah, that, I mean, that puts you above average uh, when we're talking nationwide for, for finishing with a lot of debt. So, uh, how, what, how did you approach after school? You have this big pile of debt. You have, I'm sure years left on your military obligations. Did you mm -hmm. have a career path after the military you wanted to do, or did you want to do everything concurrently with the military? What was kind of your, your thinking with that? Oh, so I, I pretty much did what every sensible American would do. I went on, I took on a bunch of car debt immediately after that. <laughs> that was, you know, that was the, uh, the natural next step. You know, you got to just pound that, that debt. So I got a, some car debt, got some, uh, house mortgage debt and, um, pretty much immediately, uh, like what, as soon as I saw those bills piling up, I was like, Oh, this is normal. Like, you, you know, this is life. Like you go through, you have payments and you work until you're 65 and, and that's just, that's just life. So it, uh, until I like really did the math on it, like I found Graham Stephan, he's, he's a guy who really changed my life. He's like, you, you know, you really don't have to do that. Like most <laughs> people do that, but you really don't have to do that. I was like, Oh yeah, the math makes sense. So I, so that's when I kind of like turned things around and kind of like uh, got out of what I like to call the American nightmare, or, you know, the opposite of the American dream. Where you're, where you're just filled with monthly payments that don't really go towards anything really that productive. So right, how much debt did you end up peaking at then out of college before you got any, any houses or anything like that? Yeah, so peak or you could call it trough net worth was negative <laughs> 90K. Wow. Um, so yeah, that was basically two and a half years ago now. It was uh, January, 2018 was negative 90 K. And I was like, this, this ain't it, man. Wow. <laughs> and I, and <laughs> yeah, I was like in a job that I did not like, I was working my butt off and I was like, you should see some type of positive return from all this work that you're doing. But it was, somebody was eating it, you know, and it wasn't me. So, I mean, a lot of people can look at that situation and get incredibly discouraged. I mean, there are a lot of people in that situation just with college debt alone and they don't even get a car out of it. So, how did you tackle this, or at least start to approach tackling this this debt problem that that you found yourself in? What steps did you take to start chipping away at it? What I did, so 
what I would say is I, I kind of started to, that's, that's where a lot of the mindset stuff comes in on my channel is like, I kind of had to start using like mental tricks on myself, things that aren't quite true, but if you take them and believe them, uh, they, they, they produce a lot of positive results. So I started to view myself, uh, and this is like a little bit of a racially charged thing. I started to view myself as like a slave, like you're, you're this, this debt is basically making you a slave. The, uh, the, uh, Dave Ramsey often says, uh, the borrower is, is slave to the lender. Like that's his big Bible quote that he uses often. And when I heard that, it just kind of hit me like, and historical fact, just real quick, this is kind of a sidebar, but, um, like we talked about this on one of my videos, but, um, when, when uh, slavery ended, like the way that they kept people enslaved, and you can see this in capitalism throughout history, is they gave people debt. Like they issue them little trinkets or like a car or, you know, whatever. And they put you into debt. They say, okay, well, you have to pay this back, which essentially means you work for me now. That's what that means. So as soon as I saw, started to see it as like, you work for me now, and I was like, ah, I feel like I'm better than that. You know, I deserve more than that out of life once you start to see that debt as a problem, like that's the biggest thing. It's not, to me, it's not like the debt snowball or the debt avalanche or like, it's looking at your situation and saying, this is a problem and I don't like it. And thinking about it all the time and just, that's your focus. So you took total ownership of the situation and decided yeah. to, to change it, to get yourself out of that rut, out of the, the, the slavery, as you call it, of being tied to a ton of debt. Um, yeah, I think I don't know if there's really another way to go about it when you're, especially when you're talking about a large amount of debt, because you can very easily let it keep owning you. It, it's it's intimidating at the least, and it can really be debilitating too, since it's a lot of your monthly income, assuming you have any at all. So, where are you at now with that big pile of debt? Did you? What's your progress look like on that that debt paydown? So the debt paydown is going very well. Um, Last time I checked, we, we came from two and a half years ago being negative 90K uh, net worth. And I've actually been doing this net worth series. Uh, as of right now, I'm not recording it until uh, next month. But right now, last time I checked, it was 52K uh, net worth. So that's what, 140 in two and a half years. So, and, and it's just going faster and faster because there's less, you know, it's, like, it's almost like you're running with the sled. Uh, when you have that debt and you learn to run with that sled and then suddenly somebody just takes that sled off and you just take off and you start running even faster, you know, that's how it feels right now. Yeah. It's that's nothing good. short of impressive though. Two, two years to clobber through that debt and put yourself in a net positive situation. Um, yeah. But I know uh, you also have taken advantage of the VA program to get yourself a VA loan to buy a house. How did that fit into that? I'm assuming you probably couldn't get approved for something like that until after you got rid of a lot of this debt? Um, no. Well, that, it basically affects your interest rate. So when I did get the VA loan, uh, I got a pretty bad interest rate because my credit wasn't great with all the, with all the debt and the debt to the income and, uh, and my credit, age of credit wasn't very long. So, sure. Yeah, so that you can get a VA loan, but the process of that is uh, you have to be in for six years, I believe it was. And uh, when, by, when the time I was coming up uh, to get the VA loan, I was, I was at like almost six years. So I had to wait for a little bit. Then I got that uh, 2000, I think it was like the end of 2018. Um, that's, when, that's when I finally was able to get that uh, VA loan. So you basically went from negative 90K in net worth to homeowner with 
40k in net worth in about two years. That's that's pretty solid. That's going to be pretty hard to beat for 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 most people. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think that if I could if I could just interject one thing that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go over this I'm in my next video. The net worth update is going to be kind of the theme of the video. So if anybody's seeing this is kind of preview. A lot of the things that I did, none of them have to do with my college degree. Like enlisting in the army. You know, anybody with able, able, able body and able mind can do that. Like the side jobs that I've done, like the Uber, the Airbnb. That's not like you don't have to have the college degree for that. Like all the, you know, all the different sacrifices that I made, like most of them as, you know, I haven't written out the video yet, but almost nothing that I've done is special to like me or something that not anybody could do. Like I, I took a night job, like the night job pays more, like it sucks. And I decided like, okay, I'm going to do this. It sucks for now. And uh, anybody could do that, you know? So I, I think I, I like uh, the story that I have to share because it's it's empowering because it's not like, Oh, well he had a college degree or, you know, he had this thing or that special thing. It's not unobtainable. Yeah, exactly. Everything that I did had nothing to do with the fact that I got a college degree. Like it had everything to do with, uh, you know, just deciding like, all right, this is going to suck, suck it up and just do it. And I'm sure you did a lot to control your expenses as well. Cause a lot of people, as their income grows, their expenses grow too. And then they're just stuck in the same spot just with a nicer car. So <laughs> how did you control your expenses through this? Assuming you did, I, I am, I'm making a decent assumption there. Uh, what did you have like a budget going into each month? Did you not do you not have a budget at all and you just try to spend as little as possible what's your approach going into a month yeah so my my approach uh more so than budgeting or like hard like oh we're done for the month like i've spent you know 350 and the target for food is like 400 a month i do i more do tracking you know so i always make kind of the sports analogy where you know um like cuz i did long jump and triple jump in in college so you don't really like count how many steps you're taking and be like, okay, like that's very mechanical. I would more track it so that you're more conscious of your spending. You're like, okay, how did this month feel? Which is kind of weird to say, like, how did this month feel? And what did you end up spending? And you kind of start to make that connection between like, all right, I went a little crazy this month. I probably spent about 600, you know, and to bring it back to the track analogy, it's like, I ran, I ran that one a little bit faster. I probably was over the board. I don't know if anybody identifies with that. Uh, kind of thinking, but that's the, that's the difference between like tracking and budgeting. Like if you're running in the long jump and any, anybody that runs track out there can probably identify with this. Like if you just look down at the board, you're running slower. Like your, your energy is focused on that. You know what I'm saying? Like your, yeah. your energy could be focused elsewhere if you would make it a subconscious process. It's kind of like reflecting and then creating sort of a central theme and then that right. theme powers your your decisions later on, rather than trying to decide everything beforehand and have this regimented list uh, of budget items that that you have to follow. And then it it becomes very mechanical, like like you were suggesting. Yeah. It's okay. Like where's your mental energy at that point? Yeah. 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 That's a good point. It's it's a lot easier to to just kind of have a central theme and try to stick by the one theme rather than trying to stick by a hundred different line items. Um, not that a budget couldn't help you to visualize things, but to try and live a life by a budget can be very difficult. But I also wanted to ask more about your housing situation because I know Seattle is ungodly expensive in a lot of areas. <laughs> um, so buying a home even with high debt is going to be very expensive in Seattle so how do you how do you limit your housing costs 
when it comes to living in Seattle. Yeah, you kind of kind of hit on something. Maybe I should maybe I should do a home tour at some point at the channel because I basically live in like a box and it's very far away from Seattle. It's not it's not close to Seattle at all. So it's like uh, I live about. 30 minutes outside of Seattle. So I don't, I don't live uh, in Seattle proper. Um, and I also choose to have a roommate. So that's, that's like two reductions of lifestyle. So for me, it's always about, um, if you want to achieve something, it's all about being okay with, uh, being uncomfortable sometimes. So like, you know, would I be more comfortable? Like for, for about a month and a half or so I lived by myself in this house and I was like, Oh, this is, this is so nice, you know, but it's like, if you want to have those nice things, sometimes you have to start by not having those nice things. So I'm, I'm getting to the point where it's like, you know, maybe, maybe I do want to live alone. Like, but do I, I don't know, like it, it, for me, it's just like, do I, am I willing to take a little bit of discomfort up front for a whole lot of payoff, you know, on the tail end? That's, that's kind of what it is for me. I think that's very well said. And really there, there's a key lesson there for a lot of people who are coming out of school who might have a high paying job and can get a hefty mortgage or can pay super high rent somewhere. Moving a half hour outside of an extremely expensive area, sure, it's a half hour commute every day, which can add up over time, but look how much you'd be saving in housing costs. And in Casey's situation, he can take, uh, he can buy a house that's maybe bigger than what he could afford in the immediate downtown area in Seattle and then can use that extra space to rent it out and, and does a little house hacking, which I am always in support of. So, I mean, that, I think that's not only savvy, but clearly it's credit incredibly effective for keeping your housing costs lower and also allowing you to keep moving forward towards your financial goals. Hey listeners, I wanted to remind you to check out my favorite stock brokerage platform, M1 Finance. M1 Finance is a free brokerage that lets you invest in fractional shares of stocks, bonds and ETFs commission-free and with no fees. The best part about M1 Finance is that any new cash or dividends that you earn are automatically reinvested into your portfolio based on your initial target allocations. Because it uses fractional shares, you can invest a very small amount of money at a time while maintaining your ideal portfolio balance. It also has a very affordable borrow option that lets you instantly leverage up to 35% of your portfolio without a credit check. Definitely check them out by using my affiliate link in the show notes. Back to the show. I was, I was going to say, I see that, that as a, a great time to listen to audiobooks. So I listen to a lot of audiobooks on my on my commute as well. So yeah, ma uh, making so lost time productive. Time. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, I do the same. Um, and really, everyone should do the same. When, when you can find time to fit things in like podcasts and audiobooks, it, it can only help. So, But what does your net housing cost end up being? Uh it, I'm assuming it's going to be drastically less than it would have been if you were renting something downtown. Yeah. So I, I put together recently a, um, a list of, I, I did it week by week. Like what is it, for every month, what does every week cost? So when I add up all of my housing costs and all of my like, you know, utilities, blah, 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 every, everything, it's about $2,050. And my roommate is, um, helping me out with 775. So essentially that means that net out the door, it's what's that 13, 13 ish, little under, little under 13. Yeah. And that's just the payment. Cause that doesn't even include principal pay down. So really it's like your roommates taking care of a ton of the interest or whatever expense you want to pick. And that, and that's, that's powerful over time. Um, yeah. even with just one roommate, maybe you could cram more in. I don't, I don't know how big your house is, but, but it just shows you how powerful just even splitting housing costs with one person is. Um, 
So beyond house hacking, I also wanted to ask more specifically about your YouTube channel, since you've talked about you have your new net worth series, um, which I think is great. I always love transparency when it comes to something like YouTube, since you can really see what a person like you, what you're actually living like and what decisions you're making based on that, because context obviously matters. Um, but what what inspired you to actually start a YouTube channel? So what inspired me to start the YouTube channel is that I always, I always wanted to start a YouTube channel. And the reason why I actually left one of the first videos on my channel is just as a reminder to myself that you always wanted to do this, you know. I think the video is from like 12 years ago. So I left that, I left the video on there because just as a reminder that I always wanted to do this and that I never felt like I had an avenue to do it because I could never get my, like back when I was making those videos, it was always like people had YouTube channels where they would like make videos with their friends. So I couldn't find, you know, I couldn't get my friends to like do the YouTube videos. So I was just like, oh, I'm just not going to do a YouTube channel. But then like 12 years later, you know, go, go find like all these other finance YouTubers. And I was like, I love the space. And hey, I think it's time for me to start this YouTube channel. So basically it, it kind of got started through me just, just kind of like facing up to, you know, the fact that I wanted to start this YouTube channel, no matter how much pushback I'm getting. Um, just going ahead and doing it. And it, it was interesting, like how it got started because, you know, when you start out, you're kind of scared because, you know, everybody's going to be like, Oh, look, look at this guy starting a YouTube channel. Like this guy thinks he's going to be famous or something. And, you know, you know, in your head, like, all right, when I start this thing, nobody's going to watch me. So you're kind of scared there. Then the next step is like, people do start to watch you and you start to get haters and you're like kind of a little bit <laughs> taken aback by that. Like there's man, like I have people that hate me. Like this guy, you know, is an idiot. Like don't listen to this guy. People are like chastising me online. And then it's like after that, then you start to get a little bit of traction and um, you start to get a lot of people watching you. And it's now you're like, man, I'm nervous that a lot of people are watching me. <laughs> so it's like yeah. this weird progression. And then after, after that, like now I'm getting to the point where people ask me life questions and they're like, like somebody recently asked me like, Hey, my daughter is going to college in a few years. Where should I be saving? And it's like, now I'm a little nervous that people, people like trust me. You yeah. Know? So that's, it's, it's just like, it's been this interesting journey, but I feel like, um, to answer your question, I, I feel like I always wanted to start the channel, but I kind of shrunk myself to meet the environment that I was in rather than allowing myself to expand and allowing myself to shift into a new environment, new friends, new uh, surroundings. So Yeah, and th that's that's really interesting. We're, we're talking a little bit before the show about this evolution of, of nervousness where it goes first from just being fear of being in an unknown, unknown place with, and you're spending all this time making videos and no one watches them. Then you start getting people watching them and inevitably you have people who hate you. And then you eventually get to the point that you're at now where people trust you and a lot and a good number of people trust you that you've never met before. And it's this very weird thing that the, the, the wild west of the internet uh, can yeah. create <laughs> this weird, almost like a, an advisor relationship. Obviously, none of this is financial advice, everyone. This is just a podcast for entertainment purposes, <laughs> but uh, it you get that weird sort of evolution. So, I mean, it's great to see that you're actually getting there because it means you're doing something right. If, if people like what you're saying and, and you're providing value, because that's really all you can focus on. Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's definitely been my focus lately is that it, when I first started the channel, I was very focused on like, all right, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to bleed some money out of this channel. And then like, you start to really interact with the people and it's like, 
no, I need to, I need to like provide valuable information on this channel because what I say at this point is now affecting people's lives. So like, if I don't have anything good to say, I don't need to put out like this half-assed like video or something that's not going to actually help people because you come to like care about these, you see the people that comment every day on your channel and they, they like actually care what you have to say. And like, they're going to go act things out in their life based on what you say. So it's like a, a kind of big responsibility that that forms a little bit. Yeah. And Casey, before we wrap up, just a couple questions that I ask every guest. The first one being, if you have a book recommendation for our listeners, it can be in any genre. Uh, yeah, I would say uh, in the personal development space, I would, if I could make everyone in the world read one book, it would be Outwitting the Devil. Um, it's by Napoleon Hill. And he basically talks about like pretty, pretty all-inclusively every pitfall of humanity, all the things that we do that lead us astray uh, from our purpose in life and things that make us basically sad things that seem to be a uh, you know a good time but they end up being uh, you know the things that lead us down the wrong path and make us sad ultimately and napoleon hill being the f famous author of think and grow rich for those of you who've heard of that book um but all right and then the last question just if you have any contact information for as to how our listeners can reach out to you if they want to learn more about your channel more about what you're about or maybe they have some uh life advice questions for you yeah if uh so life advice questions that'd be good uh to ask me um uh, instagram casey uh underscore burns 206 i can be contacted there i am trying to limit my window to 4 a.m to 9 a.m uh, Pacific Standard Time so that I'm not on Instagram all the time because Instagram has gotten a little bit toxic lately with all the social and economic unrest. Uh, I'm trying to insulate myself from it a little bit without completely being ignorant of you know everything. But anyways, that was a little sidebar. But the other thing is um, Casey Burns Investing, obviously on YouTube. I'm starting a Facebook which I will start to plug in the description of my videos. If anybody wants to get in there, I'm starting a millionaire mastermind uh, so that we can all build wealth together in there and share ideas, share opportunities. And that's pretty much it for me. All right, Casey. Well, I very much appreciate you coming on the show and definitely best of luck as you continue to grow your channel and your new millionaire mastermind group. I'll have to join that uh, as soon as you get that yeah. thing kicked off and uh, definitely looking forward to see where your path heads next. So thanks again. And until next time. All right. Thanks for having me on, Jack. Thanks for listening to The Jack Duffley Show. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss any new episodes. For more content on personal finance, real estate, and other topics, check out jackduffley.com.